This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Business Champs. This is the show where we focus on responsible business practices. We believe and we understand and the research shows that sustainable business practices that focus on both positive environmental and social impact is the way that technology and strategy is headed. It's a winning strategy for your small business. Small businesses can connect with large businesses to gain market share, strengthen your brand and reduce your risk. So welcome to our show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Business Champs. I'm your co-host, C.T. Anderson. You can follow me at C.T. Creation Care. Hi, I'm Britt Bogues, and you can find me online at Britt Bogues, owner of Bogues Group. Tell me, what are we talking about today, Britt? Uh, Today, actually, I'm super excited about the topic because... I want to know more about it because I I was listening to like some commercial or something. And I know that you and I discussed it before and um, our guest, Ashley Gladney, like she mentioned it. But like I, I for the first time heard in a commercial and I was like, what? That's what CT talked about. So today we're going to talk about like net zero and being net zero by 2050. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super excited to know what that all means, what it all entails, what that means for businesses, what that means for individuals. I'm just excited. Awesome. Was that a Super Bowl commercial where you heard it? Yeah, maybe. I can't even remember where it was. Like, I feel like it was like a commercial for like some kind of computer or something. I don't even know. But like, it was so exciting. I was like, oh, that's what she talks about. I just just wish I would have. So I'm going to look it up. Good. That means you are paying attention. (laughs) Yes, I am. I love it. All right, cool. Well, net zero by 2050 is a goal that the world has come up with, and the world being all the scientists that study this thing on a regular basis, have shared that by the end of this century, that's 2100, if we don't change the way that we operate, then we will have irreversible damage to our planet. A lot of people may be experiencing extreme weather events and things like that, and that is related to climate change. So the climate is changing because us lovely humans have done a few things that impact the balance. So when you hear net zero by 2050, you just know that that's the goal by the year 2050, we need to balance the amount of greenhouse gas emissions produced and removed from the atmosphere so it balances out to zero. Because if we continue on this trajectory that we're on right now, we will have irreversible damage because we will change the overall temperature of our planet to a number that we cannot sustain. Wow. Okay. I know that was a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot, but I feel like we can unpack it and then like, you know, it all kind of comes together, but that is, it just seems like so real now. Like it's so close. Um, Cause I, I remember we were talking about um, maybe in another um, episode, we we're talking about, um, something and you mentioned decade action or and I've never heard that terminology but I mean I looked it up and then I was like what it's like 2030 is when it's supposed to begin so I was like wondering if you could kind of like talk about that and like yeah absolutely so 2020 to 2030 is supposed to be the decade of action so we're halfway through almost halfway through the decade of action oh wow okay 
And the reason that decade of action came about is because the climate scientists and others have developed plans. They're called pathways or scenarios for each industry to change their behavior. The major industry that requires a lot of what they call radical transformation is fossil fossil fuels. So we take things out of the ground, carbon and others, to burn, to create energy, to produce oil, to do a whole bunch of host of other things, uh, mining for things that we need, uh, mining for the chips that go into our computers, mining for jewelry, all sorts of stuff. We need to stop extracting that stuff out of the ground. And so that industry, the extraction industry, the fossil fuel industry needs to undergo radical transformation. You don't just do that overnight. All of a sudden, you don't just stop digging and then mm-hmm. it's going to stop because we, when you have a, a power plant, for example, we can use a power plant example, it takes many years to site it, to permit it, to get it off the ground. These are big, huge, now we're talking government language, infrastructure projects. There's private sector. And so when folks are, are putting these plans together, it takes a long time for these projects to happen. Just because you turn on the light at your home doesn't mean that, you know, that oil that was used to create that energy just happened. That's years in the making. As a result of all this, you need to set long-term plans to change and pivot. And so the scientists said that 2050 is when we need to make this net zero happen. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, they back end it to, what years do we need to do to have um, incremental steps? Okay. It's like when you're on a weight loss plan. Yeah. You don't just do it all at once. Well, it's literally impossible yeah. unless you starve yourself. Of course. Yeah. It's incremental. Incremental. Yeah. And so 2020 to 2030 was identified as the decade of action because mm. there was a report that came out. And I think it came out in 20. 20- 17, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But it's somewhere around there toward the end of the the, the teens that said, oh, my goodness, we're on a, a path that we're not headed in the right direction. Mm. But all of these companies, all of these scientists, all these governments have set these targets. And it's like, we need to really, really focus between the years of 2020 to 2030 in order to make it happen. And I think the number is something like $3 trillion of investment needs to oh, happen. Wow by 2030 in order for all these other steps to happen. Oh, my goodness. Does that make sense? It does make sense. But I guess, like, my whole thing is, like, what companies or, like, who is all, like, in on it? Like, who decided on this decade of action and also, like, you know, the next step of it, like, the net zero by 20 by 50? So there are a lot of um, organizing bodies um, last December, there's a there's a climate conference called COP28 mm-hmm. that happened. And basically, that's just a UN conference that stands for Conference of the Parties, where all these folks come together to talk about climate issues. Sometimes you'll hear people refer to the Paris Agreement or the Paris Accord. Mm-hmm. That was the COP that happened in 2015. It just happened oh, wow. to be in Paris. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and so folks come together, private sector, governments, Uh, activists, all kinds of folks come together to say, hey, what are we doing about this climate change? Like, what are we really doing about it? And Mm -hmm. so they come together to come up with agreements. So that's how the decade of action came to be. And then all along, there are UN really smart scientists around the world agreeing, 98% of scientists agree that this is what we need to do, that we need to do net zero. So that's how the decade of action came about. And then all of a sudden, private sector, so- Mm -hmm 
companies start getting involved and realizing, well, if we don't have a planet, if we're the ones that are creating industry, then it's probably a risk for us if we don't start putting in strategies. So there's like goals related to net zero, and we can break those down. One is abating the risk associated with climate change. Okay. Let me just give a simple example. I own a factory. My factory produces T-shirts. My mm -hmm. T-shirts are shipped, from, shipped to other places, but my factory is located in a place that has extreme heat. If there are more extreme heat events, in the summertime, I'm at risk with my employees. I'm at risk at my machinery not working, which also impacts my ability to produce my garments and ship them to someone else. Mm -hmm. So that means that's impacting my bottom line. So it is in my best interest as a company to figure out how I can come up with other strategies to keep my factory going, even when there's extreme heat. Mm -hmm. That was a simple example. Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff that folks are looking at. Then there's economic opportunities for companies that can help me figure out how to run my machinery more efficiently mm -hmm. so that it doesn't impact climate change. And maybe it's, you know, better for my production. Okay. So there's companies out there working on what's called decarbonization strategies. How can I figure out how to run my factory based on renewable energy as opposed to regular oil and gas? Okay. So I guess like overall, why is this goal so important? Like besides like, because I feel like we kind of talk about this a lot, but it's like we all know like we should be, should be doing better, could be doing better. But like until you're faced with like the immediate, hey, you got to get it together or this, this, and this happens, you know, is is that what this is? And like what happens if we don't, I guess? Well, it depends on your perspective on life. Okay. I'll go back to the weight loss example because I can relate to that because I've gone up and down in my life for weight loss. And at a certain point, you have to decide how much effort you're willing to put in to maintain a healthy life. Mm -hmm. I want to live fairly long life and I want to live a pleasant life in the later years of my life. So because of that, I choose to eat more greens and vegetables than sweets and snacks. Mm -hmm. I could not do that. But then I can't complain for sure. 20, 30 years from now when, you know, my health is deteriorated because yeah. I didn't do the right thing or I didn't do what was right for my body. Very similar to that. And I'm going to keep going with health because I think it'll bring make climate change a little bit more real to for the average sure. person. So we have issues related to how the climate is impacting our everyday life. Mm -hmm. There's increased air pollution yeah. and particles in the, in, in the environment. So a healthier lifestyle will actually be a benefit of us focusing on net zero by 2050. Mm -hmm. he healthier lifestyle, not just for us, but other generations to come. So if we care about future generations, if we care about the way that we're leaving the planet for other folks that may or may not be related to us, that's why. Some people are just like, you know, churn and burn, like it doesn't matter. Like, But to be honest, I mean, since the 1970s, scientists have been warning about this. Yeah. It's just now. That's what I'm saying. That yeah. we've had so many extreme weather events back to back yes. to back. Oh that people are like, oh. And so many like different species going extinct and like the ice 
like stuff melting so much faster. And like, you're right. Like there's so many back to back natural occurrences that are, don't have to be naturally happening. That is probably having some people shaken in their boots, including myself. Well, I mean, we just had, what was that last year when the wildfires happened on the West oh, coast yeah. of Canada, but somehow in Charlotte, there was smog. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. How's that even possible? Yeah. So the climate, what climate change has done is made extreme weather events more frequent and more severe. So that kind of stuff happens more on a regular basis and it happens more. It's more strong. It impacts us even greater. CLT first. That's spelled C. L-T-1-S-T. It's a refreshing new podcast of Charlotte people, by Charlotte people, for Charlotte people. No bots, no AI, just real human voices. We call it news for people who are so over local news. We work with natural allies, all locally owned, like the Charlotte Ledger, Queen City Nerve, Charlotte Post, and many others. We're all about local, local, local with minimal murder and mayhem. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Instagram. Change your morning routine with us. CLT first. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. So another benefit is a peace of mind. Knowing that we're working to mitigate climate change helps you have that kind of sense of security. You know, like when you eat your broccoli or when you go for a walk or a run, when you get up and out, that's a benefit. I know I'm doing what I can. Mm-hmm. So that might help some people too. Okay. And so I guess overall, um, as a small business owner, how would you say like this kind of also impacts us? Because I, I know like you said, like the Paris Accord and like everyone like, kind of came together, but also like as a small business owner, like this also impacts us. I know that like I try to work, well, we are like 100% remote, but like we also try to focus on like, you know, cloud computing and stuff like that. But like how also will this initiative of 2050 um, by net zero by 2050 impact like small business owners? So for small business owners, I think the opportunity depends on the business. Okay. So the risk mitigation one in terms of like a factory or somebody that's producing something is an easy one to understand. Mm -hmm. But the bigger one is the actual tax incentives or economic opportunities. For sure. Because large major corporations have set net zero by 2050 goals. That's why you heard it on a commercial. Exactly. I mean, you and I have both worked in large corporations or large organizations. They're not going to spend the dollars (laughs) for commercial if it's not a business imperative. Mm -hmm. You know, there are there there is the risk that companies will try to say that they're doing things associated with climate change. That's called greenwashing, and we can talk about that on another episode. But when you think about a small business, both of us are small business owners. We want to do business with larger corporations, mm-hmm. and so if the large corporation has set a net zero by twenty fifty goal, then when we rep- respond to RFPs mm-hmm. or respond to um, to be a supplier to these larger companies, they're going to ask us about our climate goals. They're going to ask us what we're doing. It's like, oh, how are you powered? Which employees do you hire? What kind of impact are you having on your local community and the environment? Because anything you do, Mr. Small Business Owner, impacts me 
as the large corporation. So they're incorporated. Companies are now incorporating net zero by 2050 climate and social questions mm-hmm. into their solicitation efforts when folks are coming to them for business. So as a small business owner, it's a win-win because you're like, oh, not only am I helping the community, but I'm also helping myself to grow. For sure. You're growing in a quote unquote sustainable way. Yeah. We got to work on that kit because that's something I'm sure like, you know, small business owners could really use because, you know, it's really hard sometimes to have access to resources. So having an easy to access resource of, you know, maybe a checklist or something like that, I'm sure would be really handy. I love it. Coming soon (laughs) to a download near you. Yes. The Small Business Net Zero by 2050 kit. Hello. Brought to you by C.T. Anderson. Yes. And Brit Books. Yes. I mean, not just me, but like, yeah, like other small business owners, big, big corporations, like, and I know we will definitely get unpack it later, but like as an individual, like I know that there's like little things that I'm trying to do that are going to make a bigger difference. And so I'm excited to kind of unpack that more and figure out, you know, not just as a business owner, but as an individual, what can people do? I like it. I think another thing that we can talk about is just the physical buildings take up so much energy. Yeah. I mean, energy to actually build a building, like mm-hmm. the energy it takes to make cement and bricks. Mm-hmm. Once the building is built, the energy it takes to run that building. Yeah. So if you're a homeowner, how you power your house mm-hmm. is important. For sure. You know, you can have better monthly energy costs. You could see an increase in your property value. Like those are things that you don't have to wait till 2050 to, to see the benefit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You can see that now. Yeah. Well, I think I talked about that on an episode where I made the investment to invest in energy efficient windows mm-hmm. because I'm not Brit Bogues and I'm not in like one of those fancy new, you know, places. I have an older <laughs> house. So I had to invest in it, but I've sought the benefit like almost immediately. Yeah. Now it wasn't, did it match the investment? <laughs> no. There's a there's, there's a, a ramp curve, up time, yeah. right? But I saw the benefit immediately on my energy bill once we installed those energy efficient For sure. windows. Yeah, so things like that. Yeah, and even when you are energy efficient, they try to make you be even more efficient. <laughs> correct, correct. I mean, just buying energy efficient appliances. I mean, we can go yeah. down the list. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. We have so much to, to talk more about. Yes. Yeah. Got to leave people hanging. <laughs> Well, and I think the fact that you saw, you heard a company talk about net zero by 2050 in a commercial also lets you know that companies are realizing the reputational benefits of sharing their their story, sharing their progress. Now, as someone who's worked in corporate sustainability for a very long time, that is just an ever ongoing battle because due to external political wins and who's in office and who's not that there's like a back and forth. Yeah. But companies are committed mm-hmm. to doing things that help them and sharing. Yeah. I think to your point, it's, it made it mainstream because I feel like sometimes you feel like um, talking about sustainability or caring about the earth is very like, um, you know, out of orbit, but like this made it very like, Oh, this is, this is mainstream. This is what, you know, majority of people are talking about. And that's, that's exciting because we need to be. I agree. I think it also depends on the language, just like with anything else. Mm -hmm. Who's going to argue with doing things that are good for the environment? Who's going to argue being a responsible business? Come on. It's It's, smart business. It's smart business. It's not really something that people, it's when we start getting all, you know, putting labels on things that 
Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to go down that path. I think those were most of my questions for this one because I know that we really want to unpack later different like tips and everything. So I guess I will say, what will you? What are like some of the main takeaways that people should kind of walk away with? You know, like if I had to say like, okay, these are the high level, like what is net zero 20 by 50? Like what would, what would those top four things or five things be? I'd say that we basically need to just zero out our carbon emissions. Okay. That's, that's the, that's the science behind Mm -hmm. it or the, you know, behind it. And then the benefit for most people would be that, you know, that you are bringing, um, responsible business, smart business tactics to the world. You're leaving the planet better, or at least it's as you found it. Mm -hmm. As your parents used to tell you, leave it better than you find it. Don't (laughs) be messing up my stuff. You promote a healthier lifestyle for yourself and your local communities. And you can actually gain market share. Mm -hmm. You can, there are tax incentives. There are all sorts of government incentives. There are incentives to work with larger corporations so you can grow your business as a result of it. There are economic opportunities. I mean, a lot of the technologies we're talking about, Britt, they're not totally 100% developed. Yeah. You know, people are trying to figure out how to literally take carbon out of the air. Oh, wow. Like carbon capture and storage is a big thing. And these technologies take time to develop. Mm -hmm. You know, folks are trying to figure out ways to do this. Like you may come up with a great idea tomorrow that has not yet been developed. I'm working on it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So the good thing about our country specifically is that we are an innovative country. Mm -hmm. The U.S., we don't play. So true. So this is a business opportunity for entrepreneurs or for people that are in business and they're trying to change. Um, I've heard people use this example. Say you're a company that is really, really heavily invested in the fossil fuel economy, like a spark plug company. Mm-hmm. You make spark plugs. But all of these governments, all of these uh, large car companies have these electric vehicles. Yes. How are you going to pivot what you do, what you make for your company to change so you can take advantage of mm-hmm. where people are going? You know? Yeah. So it's that kind of stuff. You know, you've changed your events, the way that you do events. Yeah. Because company people are asking for it. People want to see what you're doing to make the world more, su- su- yeah, more sustainable events. Agreed. Correct. Yeah. So back to just, I just went on a long, windy road, <laughs> but economic opportunities, mm-hmm. healthier lifestyle, reputational benefits to balance out what we're putting out into the environment so that it gets to zero and that we won't have irreversible change to the climate. I feel smarter just from today's conversation. So thank awesome. you. I'm about to educate someone on this. Train the trainer. You go tell <laughs> tell your friend, tell five friends. And then tell your friends to tell my friends. To tell our friends that <laughs> we, we can, can be, be friends. friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we need to have a party. Yes. I feel like when it becomes, like you said, mainstream, so it's mainstream on the commercials, but is it mainstream at the parties yet? Do we have climate change parties? Uh, we might need to start that. Might I be a trend. I think that's a trend. Hello. Okay. Hashtag <laughs> green party. <laughs> All right, cool. I, th- I think that's it. I think that's a really good way to end to show that net zero by 2050 is about bringing positive economic, environmental, and social I- outcomes using the power of government and business. 
You just listened to another episode of Business Champs. I'm C.T. Anderson. You can follow me at C.T. Creation Care on all social media. And I am Britt Bogues at Britt Bogues, owner of Bogues Group. We are a consulting agency ready to work for you. The Business Champs podcast is a production of the Bogues Group, Spring Clean, and Balto Creative Media. It is recorded at the Queen City Podcast Network studio in Uptown Charlotte. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.